Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. And we're back here on ESSR Central with your second show of the week. Yes, WrestleMania. So big it needs two nights. My ego is so big it needs two shows in a week. My name is Ross McLeod. And speaking of massive heads and massive egos, I'm joined <laughs> by two men with bulbous foreheads and considerable egos, David Campbell and David Hockney. Guys, how are you? Yeah, absolutely grand. It's maybe a week. We're uh, we're buzzing right now. I'm I'm happy as well, Ross, to be here. But you cannot tell me that this is the second central of the week. That podcast was the Trojan horse of podcasts, Ross. That was an East meets West, and no one will tell me anything different. <laughs> all right? I do not believe it. That was that was a central name only. You buggered off for the last half an hour. I used the ruse that I wanted to watch the Scotland game so I wouldn't do the New Japan part. (laughs) When when originally the show plan was for them to start without me and then I would come in and I thought, no, I'm not wasting any time. I don't have to on New Japan Pro Wrestling. I I want to talk about real sports entertainers. You know what I mean? What is real wrestling? That is the question. Right answer. We've been debating that for for years now. (laughs) We'll get to that later on. Um, But first of all, remember, if you want to listen to our massive back catalogue, previews, reviews, interviews, and all the news, then you can find us on iTunes, Android, and Spotify. And of course, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, at Suplex Retweet, I should say. Oh, fuck that. Uh, it's, it's just it's the sheer pressure of David Campbell being back. I just <laughs> I like, when Homer, like when Homer wore a tie to breakfast to impress his dog. I am just so nervous to make sure. <laughs> anyway, in sleep through place retweets where you can find us on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites, and of course at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. And, of course, we are here to talk about WrestleMania, the biggest show of the year, the the show where all the part-timers come out, David Campbell, all the (laughs) part-timers come back. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, ESPN has announced um, the matches that will take place on night one and night two. So we're going to go through night one first, kicking off with what is... Looking like it's been advertised as a main event, but it's been advertised to open the show. It's the United States Championship match, John Cena versus Austin Theory. David Campbell, that's uh, yes. <laughs> confused you quite a bit. Now, right, so there's, I'm going to try and not rant about this because I, I think I was nearly having a hissy fit earlier on when I saw this poster. So there's two things, right? Either 
They've changed their mind and John Cena and Austin Theory are main event in night one, in which case, what the actual fuck? Uh, because that should not be happening whatsoever. There's at least two matches, three maybe, on that first night that we should main event over the United States title match. Regardless of that, if the plan is staying the same and they've just put these guys on the graphic for night one to advertise it, that to me is also counterproductive because not only have you confused good people like myself, now you've also said that you don't have faith in the actual main eventers to go on to this title card. And I saw a lot of people, I tweeted this, and it's every Tom, Dick and Harry seem to come out of the blue uh, and <laughs> come after me on Twitter just there and say, well, John Cena is the most recognisable name to the mainstream audiences. Yes, how do you think that happened? Because they actually put John Cena on the posters when he was main eventing the show. Like, they would become familiar with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, the Usos, or if it's Charlotte and Rhea, put them in the poster, gets them more exposure, ESPN audiences might go, oh, who's that? They look quite cool. Or if you're my friend AJ from the FD podcast, she might go, oh, who's Rhea Ripley? I am now thirsty for that woman. Like, put the main patch <laughs> main eventers on the posters. That's the end of my run. <laughs> Um, okay, David uh, Hockney, do you have any, anything to say about it? You know, I think it's actually quite a good way to open the show because I remember when we discussed um, WrestleMania tag matches in our latest episode of Mixtape, um, there was a bit of debate about, you know, whether the mixed tag match from WrestleMania 34 or TLC2 should go on first. And I can't remember what the, the final conclusion was, but my my view on it was that the show needs to open with star power because it has that that much bigger aura of glamour glitz uh, and just it needs general star power to get the casual audience up and running and nobody's more recognisable than John Cena on that first night so I mean opening the show with him I actually think is probably a, quite a smart move because at least um that way he's not taking the spotlight off anybody else, but you can still guarantee, you know, big match John is going to put on a cracker because the nowadays the opening match is just as much pressure to deliver as does the main event. And when you've got a reliable talent like John Cena, who might put over somebody, you know, up and coming, who's been quietly improving over time in the form of Austin Theory, I think they've actually played a blinder uh, putting this match first and also announcing it ahead of time. So the opening match, obviously you mentioned star power. The opening match of last year was the Usos defending against Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Uh, and then the next night it was Randy Orton, probably the most recognisable name in that six-person, uh, sorry, three-team, six-person tag team championship match for the Raw Tag Team Championships. It is quite uh, quite smart to get the big star out first, David Campbell. However, yeah. if you're saying when John Cena was main eventing WrestleManias, he was on the posters as a main eventer. Yeah, exactly. I don't listen, I don't actually have an issue with the opening. I actually I think that's a good spot for it. Like Dave said, General Star Power. That must be Sergeant Slaughter's brother. I've not heard of him, but regardless <laughs> of that <laughs> it, this is a good John Cena opening the show, uh, the pop that that's going to get. Um, is going to be absolutely huge. That's a good feel-good opening to it. The, the one thing that I'll disagree with that Dave said is that Austin Theory has been improving. 
I actually think that the, we're talking about the build to this match. The worst thing about John Cena's promo against Austin Theory, right, is that I g- agreed with nearly every single word of it. I do not believe Austin Theory is ready. Now, that, like Dave said there, the first match is just as important as the main event. This is such a big spot for Austin Theory to be in. We know John Cena can handle it, but can Austin Theory live up to his end of the bargain and put on an actual barn burner here? I'm not sure on that, but I'm not rooting against them. I hope it happens. Yeah, I think as well, it's not helped the um, the John Cena schedule, David Hockney. Um, has only seen him be there once. And you and I have spoken about this on, on Centros leading up to it. I believe if Austin Theory beats John Cena, he has everything behind him to really be pushed to the main event like to be pushed to the moon and be a WWE superstar on the level of John Cena and Randy Orton for at least the next five years. However, mm-hmm. if he loses here, I just see him being just another guy. Yeah, he needs to square one if he loses to Cena at this point. It's almost as when his money in the bank cash in, you know, fell so flat. Like I've never seen the money in the bank ca- uh, contract be used in such a poor fashion before not just because you know the user lost the cash in but also because it basically demoted them from a position where it looked like they were being primed to be the next big thing but i suppose in in some way i suppose he was kind of theory's been kind of the victim of you know the the um the transition from vince to triple h in creative control so i reckon losing the money that i in money in bank contract almost felt like a reset for theory but this is definitely going to be his biggest test thus far i mean he's already held his own against the likes of seth rollins bobby lashley etc and stuff but this is starting to turn a bit like into a john cena versus miz feud like if you remember some 15 years ago where at the great american bash cena faced miz one-on-one for the first time i mean everybody knew cena was going to win that but at least Miz kind of got something out of it. I suppose, you know, he went through that whole transition of going from the, the shorts and the fedora to actually looking like a proper superstar who was capable of delivering excellent promos and being a, a must-see superstar. This booking of theory, I think, is going to be in a similar position, although this time it's over a mid-card championship. And if he gets the win over Cena... It'll be kind of like what Miz did at Mania 27, although I think more people are going to have eyes on uh, Austin Theory without any uh, rocky third wheels, shall we say, in this scenario. They'll have eyes on him, but they'll have eyes on that stupid fucking beard as well, Dave. I mean, I don't understand who is going <laughs> to keep that. Like, I'm honest, that makes it like a joke. I'm, I'm not even making a joke. Like, you have a good-looking guy there in Austin Theory, and someone is letting him go out looking like that old darts player who was like the wizard. You know what I mean? It's a beard on that <laughs> idiot's level. Like, get him to shape that thing, man. Come on. I, to be honest, I'd rather have a beard than a bald spot. But then again, who am I to talk about? Uh, bald spots. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm sat here just now feeling personally attacked by David Campbell because my my electric shaver broke and I've not been bothered to go and get a new one, and I'm sat here <laughs> looking <laughs> looking like the early days of Hagrid. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm going to push these both for an answer here. I think Theory retains here. I think this is his big 
marquee match, a uh, his first proper WrestleMania match because we're we're discounting that dumpster fire that was him, Vince McMahon, and oh, wow. Pat McAfee last year. I think Don't this is this is what launches him back into potential superstardom. Where he goes from here is up to him. So I'm going theory to retain David Campbell. Oh, my head says theory. I have an inkling about Cena and the rumours that he would do something that are after Mania, but I'm going to go with theory. Theory and David Hockney? I also have theory to retain, but on the understanding that he needs to get his finger out and put on one hell of a match, because if he doesn't, the Monday night crowd the next night is going to tear him a new one. I think they're going to tear him a new one anyway. He's a heel. He's a pretty decent heel. So yeah, mm. if they tear him a new one, he's doing his job right. To be fair, you know what I mean. Like I tear him a new one, but not in the not in the good way. You know, like um, like people are, like it's not like genuine heel heat. More like the die Rocky die kind of heat. You know. <laughs> well, let's talk about someone the the casual fans in the row after Mania definitely won't want to see, and that's Logan Paul. He's going up against Jake <laughs> Rollins. It is his third WrestleMania in a row. Um, David Campbell, Logan yes. Paul, he is taking to this like a duck to water. He's taking it like to a duck to water, and I can't believe I'm actually going to say this. This is going to be the work rate match of the night, Ross. Might as well put the IC title strap in this thing, man. There's going to be two workhorses going at it. Listen, I get the complaints about the, the Paul brothers um, and their antics and the attitude of Logan Paul coming in here as a celebrity, right? But honest to God, can anyone tell me that they haven't been entertained by any of Logan Paul's matches in WWE? I don't think they can. Pair that with Seth Rollins, a guy who has just delivered and delivered and delivered since the Fiend fiasco a couple of years ago. I'd argue that he's been on a, an, a great run since then, a perfect run since then. And I think two strong characters like that coming face-to-face, two great wrestlers like that coming face-to-face at WrestleMania, nothing can go wrong with this one. I think it's been one of the best builds uh, to uh, Mania so far. And I'm really looking forward to it. And David Hockney, uh, Campbell says about, obviously, the themed, uh, fiasco uh, that Seth Rollins went through. Almost the crowd turning him heel because they hated him so much. And yet mm-hmm. on that run, he's become so beloved that they've turned him face again. And going up against Logan Paul, it's just the perfect heel versus face dynamic. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, Rollins has been, well, converted, shall we say, back to a face. I think a large contributor of that is probably his theme song because it's a great way to get the crowd going. Kind of like when they had that promo on Raw with Miz TV, etc. Like, the crowd would not stop doing the uh, the chorus chant. And <laughs> it was almost like the Hey Bailey and Raw Glasgow, you know, it went on for about five minutes and nobody was caring about the show. They just wanted to have a bit of a laugh. But see what you will about Logan Paul, like, his mixed opinions on him. Like, Jake Paul is a dick, okay? That's just throwing that out there. But <laughs> Logan, outside of WWE, mm, he's like Marmite, I think. You know, either you like him or you don't. But there's no denying that he can go, he can go in the ring. Like, He's had barn burners with 
The Miz, Roman Reigns, he did a decent performance in the Rumble as well. I think with a reliable worker like Seth Rollins as well, these two are just going to, they're going to be like, they're just going to click so well, like salt and pepper. But, and, and it reminds me of when, when Dom Dom had his first match at SummerSlam and they had that street fight against Rollins. Like, putting like a relative newbie with Rollins in the past, you know it works. So my guess is it will be similar in this case. These two could potentially put on match of the night and you'll have, like you said, the perfect face heel dynamic. So this one, although it's been sort of placed on the undercard a little bit, this might just be a, a bit of a dark horse, I reckon. The build-up's obviously been Logan Paul. He's knocked out Seth Rollins twice. Uh, the build to his match with Roman Reigns was one lucky punch. That was the tagline. Mm. David Campbell, how how berserk does the arena in Inglewood, California go if Logan Paul wins via knockout? I, I think if Logan Paul wins, they riot um, <laughs> via knockout. Um, I don't think that WrestleMania, while it is mainstream, is still, a, you're getting the biggest WWE diehards there as well. It's a yearly celebration of all things wrestling. And I think if Logan Paul, who, despite the goodwill he's got, like we, we had goodwill for Ronda Rousey and we turned on her quick as a flash, you know what I mean? Uh, Logan Paul uh, <laughs> would get that same reaction, I think, if he was to beat Seth Rollins, it'd be a step too far. Also, the news has come out this week that Logan Paul's contract with WWE will be up after WrestleMania. Now, whether they renegotiate or bring him back in the future, that's neither here nor there. But Seth Rollins, I think, you talk about guys needing wins. He, he did the job for Cody coming in last year at Mania. It would be unfair, I think, for the powers that be to ask Seth Rollins to lie down or, God forbid, get knocked out by Logan Paul at WrestleMania this year. Surely it has to be Seth Rollins. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you because uh, David Hockney, it's not only Cody he's done the job for, he also mm. laid down to Cesaro and Kevin Owens in recent years. And mm. it's it's looking like this is, uh, listen, you can get your win back, but we're going to put you in the celebrity match. This, this seems like a deal to suit all parties. Yeah, like Rollins needs a, a big pay-per-view win because... I can't really seem to recall the last... I think the last time he had a big win on pay-per-view was Clash at the Castle. And against Riddle, you know, that was a that was a good feud going into it as well. This feud with Logan, you know, it stemmed from the Royal Rumble. There's been build to it. Obviously, promos have been a little bit limited because of scheduling conflicts and whatnot. But this one lucky punch scenario was back, and both times Rollins looks like he sold it so well. And it makes you question, you think... Can Logan Paul really defeat Seth Rollins? Because, I mean, sure, he can go up against The Miz uh, to some extent, who's had a bit of a fall from grace over the last couple of years. You know, he seems to be doing the job for a lot more people these days. But against a guy like Rollins, who's massively over with the crowd, and, you know, who's a historically reliable performer and needs that big win at WrestleMania, yeah, I've got a... I've got to say, I think Rollins needs this more, especially if Logan's contract is coming up. So, three for Rollins, right? Yeah. Easy. David Campbell. Yes. 
You know what time it is? It's time to rock and roll, Ross, isn't it? It's time to rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go, baby. <laughs> time to rock and roll. Going three and three with damage control. <laughs> Later, <laughs> Becky Lynch. <laughs> Going up against Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. Six women tag team match. Lee and Becky currently the women's tag team champions. Seen a lot of people complaining that the tag titles aren't on the line in this scenario. Mm. I don't mind that because I they're still being showcased and they're in a match with two Hall of Famers. Like you know, there's certain titles that people are bigger than, and Trish Stratus and Lita are bigger than the women's tag team titles. So Trish Lita Becky Lynch versus Damage Control. David Campbell, I'm going to let you run wild with a bit of fantasy booking here. Do you feel this is going to be a feel-good, you know, multi-person match where the legends get the win? Or do you think there's a bigger story at play here? Yeah, a lot of people have said I'm sick of Becky versus Damage Control, but I argue this isn't the end of a story. But as Vanessa and my man Zach Efron once sang it's the start of something new because <laughs> we have here two bona fide legends coming back and we had the rumours and the news coming out that Trish Stratus was going to be used in a way that's quite surprising moving forward after this match. I think, and not only that, I would relish a Trish Stratus heel turn at WrestleMania to cost her team the victory. Align Trish with damage control and let's see how that plays out. Like, the, we talk all the time about legends coming back in the male side, seeing AEW to manage younger talent and to pass on, you know, things they've learned to get one last run in the sun. It never really happens with the women outside the sort of one-and-done Trish and Lita matches we've saw. Like, bringing Trish back is a heel aligned with damage control would be absolutely marvellous television because as much as I love Trish I'm getting excited about Trish and Lita coming back right Trish is just so much better at playing a bitch she's the ultimate <laughs> bitch it's why I loved her it's why we all fell in love with her in the first place so let her run wild after this match I think it's going to be a good fair for these women damage control need the victory more than the other side do so having Becky and Lita protected somewhat by having Trish turn on them, I think that would be the smart fantasy book and play there for you, Ross. What about you, David Holtman? What do you think about this match? Yeah, I can smell a Trish heel turn coming in, especially if that's what the reports are suggesting, because not only does it give damage control an excuse to challenge for the women's tag titles the following night and maybe get it off of Lita, because uh, I don't really see Lita um, competing in many matches uh, post-mania but what it does do uh i think it actually sets up the potential for trish to join damage control in a possible sort of legend slash managerial role a little bit and if the rumors are to be believed it could be building towards a becky trish match at SummerSlam in detroit this year which is already getting a lot of hype given that it's going to be in ford field which held Mania 23, and that's about sixty to 70,000 fans, so they're, they're going to go big with that feud, I reckon. But, yeah, Damage Control's been a bit of a, in a bit of a rut as of late, after having such a strong showing since SummerSlam last year. You know, losing the women's tag titles, they've basically sort of reinvented the, uh, the tag team division from the, the women's sides, respectively, but 
I suppose it is good for, you know, fans of like the Attitude and Ruthless Aggression eras to see Trish and Lita back in action yet again. So it's, I suppose it's something for everybody here. But if you're going to build the story down the line and create a shocking moment, I think Damage Control needs this, needs this more. David Campbell, um, you talked about obviously aligning with Damage Control. Uh, Trish and uh, David Hawkins talked about Trish versus Becky down the line. Mm. What if she usurps Bailey and we get Trish Bailey down the line? Would that be something that interests you as well? Oh, I think that's actually a better idea, Ross. That's why they pay you the big bucks here. Like, I, I love that. I love that. Um, because it would make sense for the story as well because there's been a lot of talk about why at this point after Dakota and EO have both won two titles. Like, the, the one tag team title was twice, and Bailey's mm-hmm. not won a tag about once. Like, why would they listen to what Bailey has to say? Aligning Trish with them, maybe she gets a match against Bailey at like Money in the Bank. Imagine Trish coming to London. I'd, I'd be on the fucking scabbing websites looking for tickets ASAP <laughs> at that point. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, uh, then you can move on, like Dave saying, Trish versus Becky at SummerSlam. I just think, look, women in wrestling retire too early. I, I think um, that's going to change with this current crop of women we've got. But it upsets me how much more we could have got out of women like Trish and Lita and Beth Phoenix to an extent. And we're seeing them come back now, getting these sort of like runs and the aftermath that they deserved in the first place. Trish is one of those women, and if she usurps Bailey for a run as the leader of damage control, that would be excellent. And you best believe she would be on my draft team if that happens as well, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do apologise, guys. I haven't, if you've made a prediction, you know, I wasn't listening to either of you. I had my thesaurus out looking out, looking up the word you sucked uh, before, I, before I used it for a triple word score. But <laughs> are we all in agreement for damage control? Do we see Do we see something wicked this way comes? I'm in agreement yes. for damage control. So three for damage control. I'm just actually keeping note here, just seeing where. Yeah, we're all, all agree here so far. We've yet to split opinions on a match here. I know. I know it's getting boring. Somebody call somebody. <laughs> somebody call somebody else. <laughs> That'll come at the debating chamber this Saturday night. <laughs> Sunday night. Oh yeah. Oh, God, don't argue Saturday, me Saturday. Damn it! Saturday draft live on Saturday. We're doing double booking here. Oh God, Dave's got a busy weekend, Ross. Oh, hey, I've always had a busy week here on this podcast. I'm like keeping this thing afloat. <laughs> anyway, let, let's move on to the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Replacement Bus Service Match. It's the men's, <laughs> <laughs> men's Fatal 4 way WrestleMania Showcase Tag Team Match. Braun Strowman and Ricochet, the Street Profits, Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders. Um... I mean, we, we could have still had this and a battle royal. I don't really see what's a showcase. <laughs> Do they win a trophy? Do they win? Are they number one contenders? Like, yeah. like what, what is happening here? And That's why? Yeah. Yeah. has six confirmed matches. They could easily put the Andre Battle Royal on night two. And then they'd have well, seven, seven matches apiece. They have confirmed the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal for SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And I posted in the chat that, ironically, it's the first year that in about six that the field from the Battle Royal looks actually quite good. <laughs> I, you're right. <laughs> it's moved to SmackDown. Um, but yeah, 
it just seems like a way to get people on the card. Um, there's not much going on with any of them except for Otis, who is being uh, quoted by Maximum Male Models. Yeah. This just seems like, let's put this on before the main event, in between one big match and another. Um, I think Strowman and Ricochet take it because big meaty men slap meat. I just, I just think we should do a lot of story stuff. If we're going to have this in the card, make it worthwhile. For example, have Otis uh, leave with Maximum Male Models halfway through or have Gable taken out before the match uh, by Maximum Male Models because Maximum Male Models are the best part of WWE TV right now. I do not apologise to anyone. Uh, break up both tag teams. Break up the Street Profits and Strowman and Ricochet in one foul swoop. I don't even care. And then just have the Viking Raiders like pick the carcasses and dominate <laughs> everyone else left in the match to an uncomfortable degree. That is what would save this, Ross, for me. As if we just decide, like, what story are we going to go with uh, out of all these ones? And someone just goes, yes. And it's like, what do you mean, all of them? And he's like, yes, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think Street Profits and the Viking should have a feud. Dermania. Like, let not them be, be involved in the decision. Let them just go ham on each other on the outside. And that way you're sort of building the feud there. And also might um, open up an opportunity for a potential Street Profits split. Especially if, you know, Vikings or Street Profits go to Raw or SmackDown, respectively. Or they just, you know, do the whole uh, wild card rule that, you know, everybody just does everybody on each show. But... I agree with Ross. I think this is leaning towards a Strowman Ricochet win um, with Alpha Academy eating the pin here because Otis uh, is getting lured away by Maxine and Gable's <laughs> just like, you know, at the mercy of like a, a Strowman power slam and a shooting star press for Ricochet. <laughs> like, it's just, oh, it'll be full blown shoosh and stuff. <laughs> just, this is going to be carnage. But, in terms of positioning on the card, I reckon there's least investment in this match of all of night one. So I wouldn't be surprised if this went on second. Kind of like what they did at Mania 20, where they had a four-way tag match for the Raw Tag Titles. And that was following, funnily enough, it was following a United States title match involving John Cena. So who's to say they won't uh, repeat history again, just have a four-way tag match following uh, a US title match? Yeah, mother. I can see that happening. Either that or I think whatever one of Rhea, uh, Rhea and Charlotte and the Usos and Sammy and KO, whatever one doesn't mean event goes on third last and this slots in between it, I think. Um, David Hockney, you've went Braun and Ricochet. David Campbell, who do you think is going to win? I'm going to go uh, with the Viking Raiders. Viking Raiders. There we are. One disagreement now. <laughs> yeah. It's made that's the most exciting match all of a sudden on the card. What is it? You choose between four corners here, you not not just one on either side of the ring. <laughs> well what annoys me about this is the fact that the women had to qualify, yet in a division that has Butch and um Ridge Holland, Imperium, the New Day, and Maximum Male Models. They've just decided, yeah, yeah, you guys are in. Everyone else, piss off. No room so, at the end. It's Ryan Gallagher's influence over Adam Pearce yet again, Ross. You can't trust that, man. 
Uh, let's talk about, as Kevin Kevin Bridges once said, punch the da. Nobody would come up with a punch to the da. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, from a broken home, uh, under the influence of a of a sweaty goth, Dominic Mysterio going up against his dad, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio that uh, I used to be able the night before. Uh, Rey Mysterio in the week prior is going to be inducted <laughs> into the Hall of Fame. Dominic Mysterio. I really enjoyed his heel run. By the way, it's been so good. And the whole prison dom thing, the whole unaware character, he plays it so well. And this has got so personal. I reckon I reckon this could be match of the night for me. Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio. It has just been such a great feud. To see Ray go from <coughs> excuse me, unwilling to hit his baby boy to just slapping the guy that disrespected his wife. It's, just, it's It's been so good. I've enjoyed every second of it. David Campbell, I don't want to attend. I don't want to attend either. And I think me and Dominic Mysterio, you know, we, we share a similar background. Not that I've also been to prison or not that I would like to fight my dad at WrestleMania, but I was once given, Ross, the most improved award <laughs> at my football team. And I feel that's what Dominic Mysterio is in WWE. He's the most improved performer. <laughs> he is absolutely fantastic. Now, I remember thinking he was dull as dishwater once upon a time. And you can look back to Clash of the Castle. The heel turn was necessary, but he didn't. I didn't think he played it too well at the time. But he's grown into this character as times went on in the promos he's cut especially the last couple of weeks, have been nothing short of world class. And the heat he's got on him is brilliant. He's WWE's like best heel, not named Roman Reigns right now. For me, he's absolutely sublime. This, Like you're saying, Ross, I don't want this to end. I don't know if it will end definitively here because even with a win for Ray, like what does that do to Dom? Like Dom's still going to be an annoying little prick and come after his dad and say things about his dad. And if Dom wins, like... You can't imagine Ray's just going to take his ball and go home to Angie. You know what I mean? Like, and who knows what's going to happen in the aftermath of this? I agree with you on one thing, though. It has the potential to be match of the night. David Hockney, um, the smug, smug look on the face of Dominic Mysterio throughout this feud has only been beaten by the look of shock when Ray actually snapped and hit him. He played mm -hmm. it so well and we go back to last year where it was Ray and Dom versus uh, Logan Paul and Miz and Dominic Mysterio was the least interesting competitor in that match. We're coming now, we're coming into this now and as David Campbell said, he is the best heel in WWE at the moment that isn't named Roman Reigns. This match has been half a year in the making and I am all for it. Like, people could say, you know, they saw this happening like as early as the Royal Rumble or maybe even sooner than that to an extent but the way they've played it out and the way they've kept it going over that length of time has been nothing short of perfect like this is what's so good about you know stories that doesn't involve the bloodline like this is the been the story that everybody's been keeping track of because they want to see Dom Dom get his comeuppance and you know Goat made some excellent points you know when he first transitioned to the Judgment Day character 
it did take him a while to find his footing, like trying to cut a promo when the crowd was coming down hard on him. You know, it, it took some getting used to, especially, you know, having to get Judgment Day to sort of help him out, you know, both on and off screen, give him the, the necessary coaching, know how to work a promo. But he's taken that, ran with it, and he's made it must-see TV. The, con, the condom persona as well has um, has only assisted <laughs> to that. You know, just, uh, you know, we're sure it was only a short stint. You know, he gets bailed out by, by Mammy, and, but he milks it as if he was in, he did a 10-year stretch in Berlin. It was, <laughs> it's, <laughs> he's done so, so well. And even to the point where it took him insulting his own mum and sister for, for Ray Ray to, to finally hit him. Because, and as you said, that that look he had on his face after he was hit, he was just like, oh damn, I didn't actually think he would do it. So he's definitely been caught off guard with that in some sense. But oh, this this one I'm going to watch just for storytelling alone. It's, uh, but to your analogy about, you know, you know family feuds, etc. I'm also reminded of that Sankey Boyle Skit where he's like, Oh, my dad will battle your dad and stuff. Listen, I'll battle my dad and I'm gonna do it at WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to see Dominic Mysterio get his comeuppance more than Michael Cole. And <laughs> I honestly think the performance of the weekend could be Michael Cole in commentary during this match. It's oh, the other thing, like I want to hear Michael Cole's commentary on this. I want him to sell it like when uh, Stone Cold first won the WWE title or when Mankind was thrown off the cell. Like, that's just, the kind of commentary I want to see. Like, even uh, just as far back as Extreme Rules, like, he's your father for God's sake. You know, something on that level or even better. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cole's got to dig down deep for something really, really good on commentary. Yeah, Dominic is to Cole what Triple H was to JR. Like he's, he's just getting his, he's just getting his blood level like far too high right now. I actually worried about him most weeks. I'm like, cool. Oh, your fitness plan better be great because otherwise you're dying on air. At one point, my friend, like you need to calm down. <laughs> you son of a bitch! Why? Tell me why. <laughs> it was amazing watching the clip. Um, when Ray hits him, it's cold reaction when he just goes, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> so, we talked about we don't think uh, it'll end here. I'm going to go with Ray to get the win. Okay. Ray to try welcome Dominic back. And Dominic to walk away. But I think Dominic also walks away. Without the bloodlight, eh, without the judgment day here, I think Dominic Mysterio goes into goes away for a bit. I think after this, I think when they pick this feud up, maybe about SummerSlam time. But I think Rey Mysterio is taking the win here, and I think Dominic Mysterio leaves the judgment day. Yeah, I I don't know about the judgment day, but just because. We know the bloodline, we'll get to this later, the bloodline might not survive and it's cut in iteration after WrestleMania. So you would be nice to have a stable still there, but I do agree with you that this is Rey Mysterio's weekend. He's going into the Hall of Fame, season veteran on the cards. He does, he's not retiring yet, so he doesn't need to put anyone over on the way out yet. Rey Mysterio for the win. Rey Mysterio, David. 
I am going to disagree with both of you. I've got Dom Dom to win this. Because the storytelling, again, I think will be sublime in the way that, you know, maybe they'll have a moment towards the end. You know, Dom gives the impression that, you know, he's finally come around, but only to be sideswiped at the end, and then he gets the win. And, you know, as you said, there needs to be a stable, stable, shall we say, uh, if we assume the bloodline's going to be crumbling or has crumbled by the end of the weekend, and that few, that stable needs to be Judgment Day. They could easily milk a trilogy out of this on the build-up to SummerSlam, for sure, and then maybe they can decide what to do with there. But I think there's too much hot commodity with Heel Dom, Judgment Day, etc. And Dom needs even more Heel Heat going into the post-Mania hangover period. Because of the few dens here, they've practically got nothing. Like, why not give Dom the win? Mysterio's proven more than enough. You know that his career is Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, what better way to elevate Dom to that next level than by putting his own son over? If you believe, if you believe that, Ross should believe anything. It's because he's on the strength. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, least, least, least you disagreed when there was three other wrong options. You know, <laughs> the one wrong option. I'm fine. Three. Let's call a spade a spade. Dom is on my Saturday draft live team, and I'm want him come home the win and make it uh, two years in a row for men on a mission. <laughs> so. We've got two matches left to talk about on night one. We've got Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and we've got the Usos versus Kevin Owens. Just very briefly, and that'll decide... Just Kevin Owens? Say again? You you said just Kevin Owens. All right, sorry, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, sorry. There we go. (laughs) Ross and stuff, we don't. (laughs) Sami's getting taken out, confirmed. Backstage, yeah. Would you think that match with Austin was for last year? He's coming back <laughs> in the <laughs> so we've got the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships and Charlotte Flair via Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Just briefly, David Campbell, yes. what match do you think is going to main event or what match, in your opinion, should main event? What should main event is the Usos versus KO and Sami Zayn because the Bloodline story has been the best story in WWE this year. Um, what will main event, I think, will be Charlotte Flair against Rhea Ripley. Okay, and David Hockney, uh, briefly, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. The Bloodline match versus Owens and Zayn has been the talk of the town for all year long. It should main event, but politicking and rumble winners dictate that smack the, the women's match will probably main event. Okay then, right, we'll talk about that last then and we'll jump right in <laughs> to the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn This has been I, I don't want to get all Ross Kemp and take my top off and yell everything <laughs> Everything it, it has been every aspect of every good storyline you have ever seen in WWE from McMahon family drama to The Shield betraying each other to the Shield reunion, to everything Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have done so far. All of that rolled into one storyline. And it's hard to believe that just what? Not even eight weeks ago, seven weeks ago, 
Yeah. Sami Zayn was next to Roman Reigns. Yeah. And in that seven weeks, they have, you know, we maybe thought, oh, maybe they may need more time. No, in that seven weeks, they have made Sami Zayn a bona fide megastar. And then in the three weeks since Elimination Chamber, they have managed to put him and Kevin Owens back together. And they have managed to make them, pardon me, possibly the most likable team WWE have. So much yeah. so that no one is questioning why are they going for the tag titles. <laughs> and then, uh, David Campbell, people were upset, obviously, when Sami Zayn wasn't shoehorned into the WWE Championship match. Yeah. The story, the, sorry, the tagline that they're using for Cody is finish the story. Mm-hmm. I think this is perfect for Kevin Owens and Sammy because this is them finishing the story. 100%. They, they just want to bring down the bloodline and if they can do it through the Usos, they'll take anything they can get. And, and more than that, Ross, the, the story with Sammy Zayn was never really about Roman. It became about Jey Uso um, in the end. So this is more appropriate for me. I adore this story. I, I think if WWE was to put this storyline forward for Emmys, they would win them. Like this has been top class television to watch week in, week out. You look at all parties involved and all the pieces at play here. Look at Kevin Owens. Like he drew in his own history with Roman Reigns. He was due a title match that he should have won at the Royal Rumble years ago came back and he was betrayed by his best friend and that is the real ticker that led him I need to take down the bloodline, I need to get the job done. You look at Sami Zayn, you touch on the story, he's a bona fide megastar he's the Mick Foley of this generation now, but the MVPs for Miros have been the Usos and not just Jay, I think the greatness of the bloodline at long last has been, we knew the Usos were the best tag team of this generation. Now we know them individually as two of the best characters on screen period of this generation. We now know Jimmy and Jay. No one is going to say, I can't tell them apart anymore. It's not even the way they look. It's how they act. It's how the characters talk. It's the mannerisms. It's everything. Both Jimmy and Jay have now become commodities in their own right. And this story of the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania, we talked about maybe Ray and Dominic being matched the night. I, I get that. I agreed with it at the time. But now looking at this one, God, this deserves all the time you can give it. Let them go. Say, Cody, finish the story. Kevin and Sammy, finish your story. New tag team champs, let's do it. Hey, and David Hockney, obviously. David Campbell saying there that he agreed that Ray and Dom could be match of the night. We talked earlier that Seth Rollins and Logan Paul could be match of the night. It just shows the depth uh, at this WrestleMania of how good the storylines are. And to take it a step further, it just shows how good this storyline is, that it stands above all else and people are asking for a tag team title match to main event a night of WrestleMania. I mean, it would be unprecedented to uh, see a tag title match main event WrestleMania for once. But then again... The first WrestleMania was main evented by a tag match, uh, but that wasn't for a title. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, everything that Goat said, you know, it's it pretty much describes how the whole story has been folding out. You know, you had Jay and Sammy each other's throats initially, then they became besties up until the Rumble. Um, 
where everything was just flipped on its head. Sammy was getting naturally over as a face. KO was sort of like a catalyst a little bit to sort of bring him back. The War Games match was obviously all about them as well. Like, you almost forget, you know, there was four other guys on Team KO as well. One of which, obviously, being Drew McIntyre, who basically has been sequestered in the Intercontinental title match this year. But storytelling-wise, it's been immaculate. Like, I'm still in shock about how that War Games finish panned out. Uh, but all the segments that have been leading up to this, you know, Sammy being almost like the uh, the comedic element, you know, that extra depth of character that the bloodline needed to avoid them getting stale, you know, occasionally get them to break character as well. It was just a really, really nice, nice change and they rolled with it. You know, it made people laugh to an extent in a good way, not like laughing at them, but laughing with them. And then to see it all turned on its head, you get... Sami Zayn massively over with the crowd as he was in NXT. Like, because his, his main roster run up until that point, you know, was very much a bit like a roller coaster. But now he's, I think he's plateaued a little bit, but in a good way. And he's got his best mate beside him, who's been, again, a catalyst for this whole story to help him get to that point. And to see them finally going after the tag team titles, hopefully getting their first tag title win on the main roster respectively, against arguably one of the best teams WWE's put out in decades. I mean, why anybody's considering anything else other than this match for the main event is is beyond me. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, for me, it's I say it's hands down the main event, but then... You know, the other option, which we haven't yet talked about, I don't even think that is the other option. I think Ray and Dominic yeah. has got the personal aspect as well. I think, you know, they are the two main event ones. And even still, as good as Ray and Dominic have been, they are a distant second to the Usos and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in, term of the, in terms of the storyline so far. Yeah. To be honest, but, I, would rather, I would rather watch the Mysterio match main event than the SmackDown women's title match. That's fair enough. I, I wouldn't disagree to be honest with you. It's not been a, it's not from storyline point of views the men have been really well represented this year. The women have not been represented too well in the storylines. The the six women tag matches we spoke about before has been decent and has the potential to be great. But, yeah, everything else has kind of been let down a wee bit. Maybe that is a, a small criticism of Triple H's first WrestleMania that he's booked. Yeah. However, uh, let's, uh, let's try not to delve too much into the World Championship situation here, because we'll talk about that when we talk Cody Roman. But the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, they are still two separate titles. Mm. The Usos have defended the SmackDown titles against the Brawling Brutes and Butch and Ridge Holland. They defended the Raw Tag Team Championships against um, Judgment Day. Judgment Day, yeah. So, going forward, what do we see happening with these titles? Do we see Kevin and Sammy holding both titles for a bit before losing just one? Or will they have to vacate one? Or will we see 
uh, a pure unification and one tag team championship for the whole division. They'll do, or what I think they should do is do what they did with Becky after she won both belts at Mania. And mm-hmm. they have two matches each pay-per-view. They have to defend both belts, split them that way. Because um, it makes them look like fighting champions, even if they last one or two pay-per-views against like two opponents. You know what I mean? Like that's that's good for building up Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I would like to see different belts and different brands just because it like you talked about earlier, Ross, like the men's tag team division right now, it's the most stacked it's been in years. Yeah. Like let people have showcased matches for those titles on television. Um I'd like them to be split. I think that's how they should do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they could do. Uh, I reckon what they could do is, you know, as you said, you know, do a Becky two belt scenario, defend it on the opening match and possibly the main event of or the second to last match of the next pay per view backlash. You know, lose it to a Raw branded team and let them keep the SmackDown tag titles because if the Usos decide to come after them again for a rematch, you know. It sort of fills the gap in, you know, let the Usos cost cost them one of the titles, and then if they defend against the Usos again later on, you know, they can retain the SmackDown titles. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that, but as also David Campbell says, stack tag division at the minute, it'd be nice to go back to split titles, and we'll definitely delve more into that as we talk about Cody and Roman later on. Let's talk about the potential main event. Royal Rumble winner Rhea Ripley. Try saying that five times fast. (laughs) 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 Trying to finish her own story uh, against Charlotte Flair. Obviously, uh, we've heard a lot of you're not ready chants for Cody to uh, Solo Sokoa. This is sort of harking back to that for Rhea Ripley. She was young. She was brash. She put her NXT title on the line against Charlotte Flair and she was cleanly beaten and put in her place by Charlotte Flair three years ago. It's a different Rhea Ripley now, David Hockney, and she's hoping to prove Charlotte Flair wrong. Yes, Mammy is uh, is alive and kicking. And to be honest, this is something I think she's been long, long, long overdue. You know, uh, like a star-making performance at this year's Royal Rumble, starting from number one, going bell to bell, and coming out on top. I mean, I think there was no question she was probably the favourite to win, but to go for, from number one and win the whole thing, that just paints her in a completely different light from the past winners, maybe even eclipsing Bianca to an extent, who won from number three in 2021. But... Ever since the move to the main roster, I think Rhea Ripley's kind of been shoehorned in, you know, like she was at Mania 37 against Asuka. Like, she won the Raw Women's title that night, I reckon, either because I think she she did earn it to an extent, but there was zero build to it, so nobody really had a reason to care. And then, again, she ended up uh, dropping it to Charlotte again, only for them the following year to be sort of in and around, you know, the sort of women's tag title scene with Liv Morgan and Nikki Cross, etc. She's never really had that return to singles glory like she did in NXT and NXT UK. But the alignment with Judgment Day, again, you know, much like Dom Dom, this has been a almost like a reset for her. 
and it's been a year in the making. Her characters continue to develop and grow. Her partnership with Dom has been nothing short of, you know, pure chemistry on screen. Um, I, I think it's because, you know, they're roughly the same age as well, and, you know, they're a... Uh, they do bounce off each other really, really well, especially with the um, the the skits at the Mysterio home, the whole jailbird angle, the backstage clips, even some something on social media. One of which I've been watching over and over, where they've dubbed the the Family Guy clip of Stewie saying like "Mama, Mama, Mummy, Mummy" and stuff like stuff like that. It, it makes me want to cheer for them even more because that's how creative they can be. Uh, but yeah. She needs the, uh, she's always played second fiddle to Charlotte Flair, and she does need the win more than anything else. Given this whole, this whole changing character, she's more confident about herself, the fans are more confident in her, and it's just been a whole year-long transformation, which I hopefully gets to eclipse over what's been a pretty lackluster face run with Charlotte as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Hey. David Campbell, I don't really think she's been a, a face Charlotte Flair. She's just kind of been Charlotte Flair, yeah. which for some people is a bit of an issue. For me, um, as David mentioned there, Rhea Ripley's kind of been shoehorned into positions, but she's come off the worst because with Charlotte Flair, you have that elite-level wrestler who, if she's not in the women's title picture whatever else is in the women's division, because there is no mid-card title, is sort of beneath her. Yeah. And that's what makes it tricky to book a Charlotte Flair feud. I think that... Uh, here's, the, here's the thing with Charlotte Flair, right? I think there was a better path for Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania than this. Um, I think that Charlotte Flair is, like you said, an elite-level performer. I think Charlotte Flair will go down as one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time. But we've seen Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley before. Like, if we're honest with ourselves, Rhea should have faced Bianca at Mania. Charlotte probably should have faced Ronda and Shayna in a triple threat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There is, there's nothing against Charlotte Flair for me. There's nothing against Rhea Ripley. I love Rhea Ripley. I hope she wins this match. It's just that the build has felt a bit lacklustre. The story has been the third best uh, Judgment Day storyline heading into WrestleMania. And I think that the the thing, the saving grace for this is, Ross, I felt this way about Bianca versus Sasha going into Mania a few years back, and that stole the show and blew me away. Hopefully, mm-hmm. these two women can do the same thing for this match on the night. Yeah, here's hoping. So I will put you guys on the spot. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair's already 1-0 at WrestleMania. David Campbell, does she make it two, or does Rhea Ripley get the win back? Fuck no, Rhea Ripley, if Charlotte wins, I'll be on Twitter complaining profusely. <laughs> <laughs> David, help me. Well, it's, uh, it's mommy time. Rhea Ripley's getting this one. Yeah, I think so too, I think. Makes makes sense, to be honest with you. Um in all, in, in all defense of Sasha Bianca at Mania 37, though, there wasn't really that much of a compelling story outside of their feuds either. Yeah. But in this case, obviously, you've got like three, at least three different more compelling stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk night two. Only the six matches 
But let's run through that card quickly. Let's go Brock Lesnar versus Omos, Bianca Belair versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. The WrestleMania Women's Fatal 4-Way tag match. We'll talk about the teams in a minute. Edge versus the Demon Finn Balor in a Hell in Cell match. Gunther, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre in a triple threat for the IC title. And Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. Let's start... Let's go from one Women's Championship to the other. Let's go... Over to Raw, David Campbell, Bianca Belair, and Asuka. Yeah. This seems like... John Isherwood, when he's been on the show, always feels like Bianca is in a reign that maybe should have ended three months ago. Yeah. And every feud since has suffered because the investment has not been there, because it's not been a great women's championship run. It's not Bianca's fault. It's it's the bookings' fault. I don't know why they're so against giving Bianca a character outside of fighting champion. And when this new Asuka came on the scene and we'd have like in the Elimination Chamber and we heard this match was going to happen, we're salivating a bit. We're thinking, oh, this could be a good one. But they seem to just do what you do with a Bianca Belair feud, she's either against some heel and she overcomes the odds each and every single time, or she's against another babyface and they're friends, but are they? Oh, is there a bit of tension? Or are they going to fight? Which is exactly what she did with Sacha Banks a couple of years ago. And oh, I don't understand why they didn't just pull the trigger with Asuka kicking Bianca's head off like three weeks ago. You know what I mean? That is really what this match needed. And you're 100% right about Bianca Belair's title run and John's right about it probably going on too long but it does remind me of AJ Styles WWE title uh, run and we know what happened at Wrestlemania there Ross we thought Nakamura should have beat Bianca uh, AJ and he didn't and I have a similar feeling about this one here You think Bianca going for the three-peat? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think they want to make Bianca the new poster girl for when all four horsewomen ride off into the sunset. It's clear that they've invested a lot of stake in Bianca Belair at this present juncture because they have, what's that, what's that college athlete programme they have? Uh, uh, that's what you mean. Yeah. yeah. The, it, looks, mm. it looks good for WWE if they have a collegiate level athlete coming into WWE, coming through their entire system and going on to become their next big mainstream superstar. It looks good for them and it looks good for that programme. And now that's not me discounting Bianca Belair. I think Bianca Belair is great. I just wish that they'd give her something, anything a bit more interesting <laughs> when it comes to storylines. I'm just laughing because for years, uh, when Rangers opened their training centre, Chris Burke was the only player that could get in during the EBT <laughs> years. Right. And for years, people were like, but you can also be like Chris Burke and you can play for Rangers. Is Bianca <laughs> Belair the new Chris Burke? You, I, I, you said it. <laughs> uh, David Hockney, do you think Bianca is going to go for the three-peat? And if not, why not? This is a tricky one because I get where the bookings coming from, you know, Bianca has been shoehorned as sort of the new poster girl a little bit, but like Goat said, it's not her fault. She's got a massive fan base in it. She's won a lot of people over with how much she's accomplished in the last couple of years. I'm a fan of her. Like, 
and I hope she continues to have every success imaginable. But the one nagging thing about her reign is that I've always kept telling myself, this is when she drops it. No, this is when she drops it. No, this is when she drops it. They could have done that any of the Bailey matches at the tail end of last year, hmm. but they didn't. And that makes me a little bit concerned about what they're going to do with Asuka, who's had a bit of a a bit of a reset on herself, you know, coming out, you know, with the whole Hannah-esque face paint and the uh, more sort of devilish look about her, you know, from her Kana days in, in Japan. It does set the stage for a potential new Asuka run as Raw Women's Champion. Yeah, I'm a little bit pessimistic that they're going to pull the trigger with her at Mania. I reckon, especially how they've advertised as Bianca as the longest reigning African-American champion of all time, I'm not sure if WWE is going to try and milk that for all it's worth and see how far they can push the boat before people start to turn on Bianca, which I really hope they don't because... She, I think she's much better as a face than a heel, oh, all things considered. Oh, albeit, albeit with an element of sass about her. Oh, I disagree. Actually, you just said, I hope people don't turn on her, and instantly, I don't know why, I just disagreed with you. I was like, I hope they do. That might be the best thing for her. Dave, at this point. No, no. I'm thinking of you as Bobby the Barman here, David Campbell. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't get any pals, you're black-hearted. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, listen, I, I'm not saying, oh, I hope people hate her, but like, <laughs> remember what happened with The Rock? Remember what happened, like CM Punk, for example, right? The the smart thing see, the, the WWE did with Punk's title reign was it got too much as a baby face, and they turned him heel halfway through it. And it gave the title run a new lease on life at that point. If you're going to have Bianca going on this ridiculously long stretch of time as champion, maybe having Bianca turn heel is the way to do it and have a new angle on Bianca Belair for the tail end of that run. I don't know. Just spit on. Thank you. <laughs> it, it, it just comes to because I think Bianca appeals to a lot of people these days, like kind of like what Bailey did in NXT. You know, oh, I think she kids. appeals to. <laughs> Say fuck the Wait, kids. Fuck them. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need a role model, right? <laughs> well, the only role model they need is Bailey. <laughs> so, going to round this one up. Who who do you guys see winning? I am going to hopefully say Asuka. <sighs> I'm more positive than uh, Bianca Belair. <laughs> what about you, David Hockney? Oh, this is tricky. This is the one I'm most torn on out of every match on the card. I'm reluctantly going to go with Bianca in this instance because then I think it could possibly fledge a full heel turn for Asuka. Bianca Belair. <laughs> Mrs. Fiona Charming. Mrs. Fiona Charming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not the first time they've screwed over a Well, it's not the first time they've screwed over a Japanese superstar at WrestleMania in a title match. Yeah, no. I'm just imagining uh, Triple H's booking uh, notes. Bianca Winslow. Bianca Winslow. <laughs> 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 but, yeah. 
It was a hard one for you there, uh, David, but I'm going to make a nice, easy one here. My fellow Omo Sapien, Omos, the champion of the people, going up against Brock Lesnar. Big meaty men slapping big meaty chests. <laughs> big meaty men slapping me all day long. Like, it's... I don't know if Vince McMahon just decided to show up backstage at WWE one point. He said, right, I'll sit up. God damn it. I want the two biggest meaty men slapping me at WrestleMania. So give me Brock Lesnar. Give me Omos. But no, we've seen Bobby Lashley get done to death. Let's put Omos in there because he's huge. <laughs> you know, I, I don't have no idea why I dragged that on as long as I did. But I know I got in uh, company, but <laughs> I know I did get yeah, a little bit weird. But nah, I have little to no interest in this match whatsoever. Like, why did it just do that? I'm not an homo sapien, no. Not yet, anyway. Are you more hard? I'm more Brockhard and Big Bobby. That's what that's all I'm all about. Like, I want to see another Brock Lashley match. Like, give it a stipulation. Make it false count anywhere, for God's sake. Like, you know... Standard one-on-one match wasn't going to be enough for them. You know, do what they did with Lesnar Goldberg at Mania 33. Give them as much room as they can. Just let them go ham on each other. Because you saw Lashley actually get a decent false count anywhere match out of Goldberg uh, in Saudi a couple of years back. Why not do the same with Brock Lesnar? Omos, I think, uh, he's going to be, well, I think he's going to be quite limited you know, it'll mostly look like a squash at first from his end, and then Brock gets his second wind. Half a dozen German suplexes, one F5 later, boom, Bob's your teapot. That's it. I mean, well, you're just you're pissing on our chips here, but David Campbell, <laughs> as a fellow homo sapien... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to keep saying it until someone is, but... <laughs> I, I am, I am, damn it. <laughs> Can you can you enlighten us on how this is going to be a Matt classic? How this is going to be like Luthes esque? Oh listen, Jesus, Billy Joseph and the Wee Donkey! Can we just move this? Can we just move this along before? <laughs> listen, if there's more than five moves on display here, Ross, it'll be impressive. Um, I, I, I will say that's right. I don't know why everyone got their knickers in a twist over this match, like. It's Brock Lesnar versus a very tall man. I will, I will watch it. Like, it will be fun to watch Brock Lesnar heave this giant around the ring because you know the almost in posting for him. You know what I mean? You know the almost is going to make that shit as hard as he possibly can. This stiff bastard. But we'll see how it ends up in the end. I am going to be entertained by Brock throwing about a big man. That is all there is to it. And see if it was Vince that made this match. Best thing he's done in 20 years. So, well done, Vince McMahon. I'm not quite an almost sapien, but I would say that I'm an almost admirer at this point. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious about Omar, so we'll see how it goes. Omar Jason. Okay, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I liked your billing of it. I mean, I can't wait to see the BT advert of see Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, Edge versus Finn Balor, and Brock Lesnar. Versus a really tall man. <laughs> that is literally mm-hmm. what they should promote this as. Because it's all... Listen, and the other thing, Brock loses an awful lot these days. Nice to give him an easy win, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Jesus, so, twice to Lashley by DQ, so... Oh, I've just seen this bit here. I've got my 
breaking news, I've just got my Twitter feed open here, and somebody's posted a video of uh, Dom and Rhea at the Superstore. Dom's just spray-painted over Rey Mysterio's face, mm-hmm. and Rhea Ripley's spray-painting, like, uh, Charlotte's face with, like, like a moustache on her face and stuff, and just the word loser across her uh, her <laughs> image. I love how they've turned them into, like, teenagers. This is, like, a plotline from Fillmore at this point. You know what I mean? Like, what's <laughs> <laughs> going on? Two bomb killers. Aye, like, what the fuck? <laughs> So, are you both going for Brock Lesnar? Yeah, it yes. has to be Brock. Almost as Jones just doesn't have it yet. It's got to be Brock. No, <laughs> I am going... I'm going to go Omos. I'm all in. <laughs> so, <laughs> I will go Omos. And when a really tall man, his name, is <laughs> yelling out <laughs> over those speakers, you'll all be sorry. <laughs> well, I certainly hope not. But <laughs> Moving on to Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Natalia and Shotzi versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville, proving women can do it too, in which case that means boring the life out of me. Yes, the Miss WrestleMania replacement bus service. <laughs> <laughs> Why are, we even, why are we even talking about this match? It's obviously going to be Ronda and Shayna that are winning this. Like, I have zero well, interest on, David, in this David, match. I did, a, I did a one final joke before I did say... I know, David just took over the show there. Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the driver's away for the bus for a second and they've commandeered it. What's going on? Anyway, yeah, that's a bad replacement. and Shayna Baszler in this. I don't give a damn about this damn match. So, and I was going to sing in the style of Joan Jett, but the moment has passed. I'm going to say that Rousey and Shayna Baszler do pick up the win. Yes, David. Uh, David Campbell, who do you think is going to pick up the win? It's got to be Ronda versus uh, Ronda versus Shayna. Well, that's what I hope we'll lead to in the end with all this nonsense. <laughs> uh, but it's got to be Rowdy, uh, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. I, I, some of the decisions here are baffling. I don't know who's chipped Carmella Shatton uh, a couple of weeks ago to get taken out of this one, <laughs> but obviously she has someone off in some way. Her and Chelsea Green were actually working quite well. Liv Morgan and Raquel, happy to see them in the Mania card, but the baffling one for me is Natalia and Shotzi. When, Ross, was it you that said in Central, what you have Indy Hartwell about, just fucking bring it up and put it on yeah. there with Candice. You know what I mean? Instead, we have to get Natalia once again stinking up the joint, this time in a fucking French beret. I don't understand the obsession with getting Natalia on the WrestleMania card. It's not David, needed. You don't owe but, anything. David, but David, David. What? You're forgetting. She's related to Bret Hart. I don't know if she's oh, mentioned Oh, crying out loud, man. Does she hate Goldberg too? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, seeing as we're not allowed to have a laugh and talk about it... Um, I know. God. We'll just move on. We've all went for Ronda and Shayna. Terribly sorry, David. <laughs> sorry uh, to the listeners as well. I mean, for well, anyone who's... This was their favourite match. For any for any young girls out there thinking, you know, this match is going to get me into wrestling... I'm sorry we didn't cover it. It's just that David Hockney clearly hates women. So we apologise <laughs> to all our loyal viewers for that. Hang on, hang on. Now you're just... Um, Does now you just paid me the a... Pa- was for nothing. <laughs> you paid me in a negative light here for no reason. 
<laughs> there was many reasons, David, but we took we took the one we could get anyway. <laughs> the Intercontinental Championship is back at WrestleMania after its absence last year. Ricochet, Angel Garcia, and who's the other one? Fuck me. I should yeah. doubt for a second there, and I thought that was the match this year. I'm like, what the fuck has <laughs> happened since we came on here? Like, you, mean, um, you mean Angel Garza, not Garcia? Mute, mute yourself, David. Fuck off. <laughs> See, to be fair, young David, we are an hour and 20 minutes into this episode. Like, I'm forgetting names at this point and all. <laughs> anyway, Ricochet, Humberto Carrillo, and Cherry Garcia went on. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the SmackDown before WrestleMania last year, uh, breaking a streak of, I believe, about 15 years with the the title on the show. I'm going to have to look that up in a minute, but um, fear not. Mania, it was the feud at Mania 37. It was um, Biggie and Polo Cruz in that Nigerian drum fight. I mean, it was still on the show. Like... <laughs> This year, a much bigger match. Gunther came along, took the title off Ricochet, ended what was really a boring run, and hopefully yeah. we can, you know, Nehart and Ricochet, he's quite good in the ring, but hopefully we can end that wee experiment as a, a main card guy. <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite good in the ring. <laughs> That's like the, your dad at the football saying, aye, aye, Messi's all right. You know what I mean? It's, it's nothing but... <laughs> I mean... I mean, he's less messy, more Ryan Ken. I mean, he can do a few good step overs and that, but there is not an unfinished product there for my liking at times. So, big Ricochet Kent is out. Gunther is in, coming in like a prime Brian Loudrop and showing everyone. <laughs> so, Gunther on an amazing Intercontinental Championship run, going up against both Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Uh, obviously there was number one contenders match a few weeks ago between Sheamus and Drew Imperium attacked them both thinking that it would mean Gunther wouldn't, ha wouldn't have to defend the title against any of them they've clearly not watched a wrestling show in 25 years yeah. <laughs> we've ended up with a triple threat here Gunther versus the Banger Bros David Campbell yes. you have Sheamus and Drew McIntyre in your draft team with Tom Brock Yep. Thoughts on this feud and thoughts on who you would like to win the title? I think this feud has been unbelievable myself and David Hockney were at Clash of the Castle. We got to see Gunter versus Sheamus firsthand and it was mm -hmm. one of the matches of the year last year. It was unbelievable. Hard-hitting affair. An absolute banger. And we've continued that feud slowly bubbling with this knowledge that Sheamus has never won the Intercontinental title. And by adding this team with Drew to the mix and getting that friendship on screen again for everyone to see, all of a sudden you take what was a hard-hitting match affair and will be again, and you add this personal element to it. Because all of a sudden, one friend is standing in the way of the dreams of the other. Now, I'm a bit torn in which way this will turn out. But if there was anything that was going to add to the brilliant in-ring action of Gunter versus Sheamus. It was a bit of drama. It's a bit of soap opera. It's a bit of the wrestling. You know what I mean? 
And I feel that's what we're going to get with this triple threat. It's the Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana, best of both worlds. Fantastic in-ring action with what I fear will be a heartbreaking or heart-pulling story at the end, won't you see? Okay, you've um, you, you just got me singing the climb in my head. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you've got me singing the best of both worlds. <laughs> you know, at best of both worlds is a banger, but the climb is just emotional. And obviously, as you mentioned, David Hockney, David Campbell mentioned the climb. Sheamus has never been Intercontinental Champion. Mm. Will the climb end this coming Sunday? <laughs> See, again, it's another story that's been about more than six months in the making. You know, the Intercontinental Championship has been something Sheamus has been striving for these past few months. We got that amazing Clash at the Castle match. And I think they knew at some point they had to drag it out. You know, they diverged them slightly with war games, you know, have that strength of unity, have Drew and Sheamus team together. It's that added element, you know, let's get someone that Sheamus is is familiar with. It gives Drew a new program to work with. It gets him back in a title hunt. It benefits everybody in this scenario, and it puts Gunther against two former world champions, two veterans of the business. And I think this is going to be an excellent way for Gunther to showcase his talents, whilst also getting a banger of a match out of it and continuing with the story that Sheamus wants the Intercontinental title to complete a Grand Slam, and now Drew has been shoehorned in the mix uh, because he wants a title as well. It's This has got all the elements of what a proper mid-card mania match has. You know, obviously, it's not as compelling as some of the other stories that have been going on, but my God, it is, it is something to sink your teeth into, knowing how good the match quality is going to be. And I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I reckon... This is going to open night two. So that bold of prediction there, David. I was on the edge of my seat there, David. This is a bold prediction, which I'm quite confident will come true. So at least I can brag about it afterwards. A bold prediction would say be saying that Gunther chops one of them to death in the middle of the ring. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Uh, he chops a hole. In, he chops a hole in one of them, and he chops Sheamus around every part of his body. That um, instead of being like hail stand, he'll just look like a he'll just look like a raspberry coming out of it. That's not that bold. That that happened the last time. You know what I mean? So I can see <laughs> it happening again. <laughs> uh, I'm going to move you on here, guys. Uh, just because, good lord. Uh, yeah, what Gunther has done for the title, obviously, I, I was joking about it earlier, but. Ricochet's run was quite dull, and you've that, said I'm, that I'm, you've said that a couple of times now. Yeah, I've said it many a time now. <laughs> and you know what? I actually hope we don't get the turn. I hope we don't. I hope we don't get a heartwarming heartwarming moment. I hope we get a Gunther retention. I'm going to go Gunther to retain. David, you go first. Come on, don't put me on the spot here. Uh, Have you missed what this is? Hang on. We're all Scottish here, right? We should be cheering for Drew to win, right? Right? (laughs) Don't don't say that in front of Ross. Uh, I am going to say say that Drew McIntyre 
wins. That is my prediction. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's make this interesting. I'll get Seamus to win. Nice, I like that. Nice one. Yeah. No, I want, I want Seamus to win the title and Drew eats the pin. It's actually quite a bold prediction as well, actually. I think, I think <laughs> Gunther wins. Obviously, Gunther wins. I don't care who he pins, but <clears throat> I think for the feud, I think whoever beats him has to pin him. Yeah. Although that being said, I have backed Gunther and I don't want any of you to win. So anyway, well, moving yeah. on. <laughs> so here we go. This is what we all disagree on. Let's talk um, Hell in a Cell, Edge versus the Demon Finn Balor. I'll let you wax lyrical about it, David Campbell. On you go. Well, the Pink Floyd of wrestling is Edge. Um, the, 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 man, the man treats this like an art form. And if he could, he would write a 20 page essay about the motivations behind each match he's had. Like, like and I, I mean, that is a criticism as well as a positive because the man is an absolute artist in the ring. But by God, the fucking 40 minute matches against Randy Orton, that would never happen when he lived him down again. I'm hoping that this is just meat and potatoes, classic grey cell back. Get me my grey scale, my grey cell like the old days. You know what I mean? Get, get, get me in a classic hell in a cell. I want your dad's hell in a cell here. Oh, I want them going through cages. I want them on top of the cell. I want tables involved. I want them to kill their bodies inside this wrestling ring for our entertainment. And look, I think that a lot of people have said maybe this feud is stretched a tad too far between Edge and the Judgment Day, between Edge and Finn Balor. But we got that brilliant moment where Edge had to say, I quit because of what they were doing to be Phoenix. And since then, we've maybe lost that thread a little bit. But I think that these two will be able to put on an absolute banger of a match inside Hell in a Cell. The Demon has been away for a long time now that it feels fresh again, which is nice. And with this new booking of Balor under Triple H... I'm confident that we're getting a version of the Demon that's more akin to what we saw in NXT rather than what Vince tried to make it into this sort of Undertaker Kane supernatural character. If the rumours are to be believed, Gangrel is going to be kicking a ball somewhere and all. Um, let see what happens. Uh, we might get Christian coming in. I hope he doesn't say anything about Finn Balor. I hope Finn Balor doesn't have any dead parents because Christian's definitely going to bring them up. Uh, so we see who knows who's going to show up in this Hell in a Cell match, draws. It's a bit of a, you know, surprise mystery box, this one. But it's core. I just hope we get a classic good Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania. You you mentioned obviously the feud with the Judgment Day going on a bit long. The feud started with Damien Priest, and I feel sort of bad for him yeah. because he's the only Judgment Day member without a WrestleMania match, and he's mm. he's sort of just Edge fought him in Canada, and it was billed uh, it wasn't billed as student versus teacher. It was billed as Edge is back in Canada. <laughs> that, that was it. <laughs> poor, poor Damien Priest has been thrown aside and I just think you know Finn Balor's so so over with the crowd any other way could we not have found another way on to Wrestlemania for him and had Edge Damien Priest because you know I, I, I will be honest I think Balor is going to win this match yeah does Balor need to win this match? No, he doesn't, because he's had his WrestleMania moments. 
I think someone like a Damien Priest who needs that defining win and not being just another guy could have got it here. Yeah. And at least put him in the Andre. <laughs> like he's not even in that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He's been, Priest has been royally shafted uh, maybe a weekend, especially, you know, he was the original like devotee to the original Judgment Day when Edge had it all up and running. Balor was like a late entry and then they basically hijacked it. He made himself the de facto leader. Dom Dom and Rhea as a duel have gotten more over than Priest and now it's, oh, he's been left hanging massively. But going back to Edge and Balor, I reckon like obviously there was a bit of a, a delay between the the, the I quit match and when Edge came back at the Rumble but obviously Edge had filming commitments at that point so there, there wasn't much they could do with it but at the same time it sort of reignited a little bit especially with Beth Phoenix's involvement and getting Rhea Ripley involved in, in some capacity too so we created a sort of mini feud of it on the build to Mania and I think that's reminded people you know where did this feud originally stem from and how personal it got which is all the more reason to justify why they're going inside Hell in a Cell. And with Triple H booking, booking at the helm this time around, I reckon the Demon is going to get you know, the best kind of showing, especially as a heel Demon. But I'm really hoping that instead of black and red paint, I hope he gets like black and purple paint to sort of fit with the, the Judgment Day aesthetic a little bit. But there have been reports that have said that Edge had some crazy ideas for the or crazy spots for the Hell in a Cell match. So I'm really looking forward to see, you know, what they do inside the confines of the cell. And go I do have it on good authority that somebody from inside SoFi Stadium has been taking photos of the stage being set up. They have brought back the original grey Hell in a Cell structure. Good. good. They've been the red one. Also, on um, what you were saying there about the demon, I'd be shocked if it's either not movie-inspired because they're in LA, or, oh, yeah. if it, or if it's a sort of maybe Charles Manson, for example, yeah. uh, inspiration there would be quite cool. It's kind of like in, yeah, it's kind of like in London where he was dressed up as Jack the Ripper. Yeah. In TakeOver Dallas, they had him dressed as Leatherface for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Tell you, tell you what, if he came to Scotland, like imagine Nessie. if they did like the yeah Nessie, the Loch Ness monster, Loch Ness demon. I imagine him dressed as Lulu. He's the demon, but it's <laughs> also Lulu. <laughs> um, uh, oh gosh, yeah, it'll be spot for choice when it comes to choosing your demons uh, out of Hollywood. You know, they could have he could be dressed as like Ghostface, maybe given that Scream 6 came out recently. Yeah. I mean, I mean Fury already did that in NXT, strangely, if you remember uh, that. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, but what else could they do? Well, you could do Freddy Krueger. Well, Ross, take, I, no, I, I think I'll, I'll start naming horror on any characters now. With, no, no. <laughs> on. <laughs> but he did Pennywise, though. <laughs> I mean, that was, he just comes out in a cloud outfit. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> moving back on to back on the focus, who do we see winning this? Do we see Edge winning and the Judgment Day storyline ending, 
Or do we see Finn Balor winning? I've got to be Balor. He's easily it's got to be Balor. Edge doesn't need to win. And he's he keeps saying he's going to retire soon. But I don't know if he's another LA reference. I don't know if this is a Quentin Tarantino retire soon. Or I've got two <laughs> matches left. Or actually it's four. Actually, I'm going to make it three, you know what I mean? Who knows when he's going to retire? I just know that Finn needs to win more than Edge does. Are you sure you're not just saying that because Balor's on your draft team? No. He's not even going to admit it, Ross. I mean, at least I have the decency to admit that you know, I want Dobber win because he's on my team. No, I have integrity, as listeners of this show know. Oh, good Lord, anyway. Um, <laughs> David Hockney, who do you think's winning it? I'm actually going with Edge. Yeah, I think the same. I think, I think mm-hmm. this story only ends when Edge wins. Yeah. Like, end the feud with Edge, that's fine. You know, if he's going to do that, Edge has to win. Judgment Day can still go forward looking strong in the hangover period if both Dom and Rhea win their matches. Fair enough. And let's talk the main event. Let's finish the show by finishing the story. Roman Reigns. I was about to say Roman Reigns against Paul Heyman. Roman Reigns <laughs> with Paul Heyman defending the undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Cody Rhodes. David, you're no longer in the chat with us, in the main chat. However, <coughs> I was throwing some numbers about with Scott Steiner the other day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we were talking about who... I mean, how, how much longer can he hold the title? Yeah. Roman Reigns. He is on, as of, what was it he was? Sorry, I've lost my numbers. I've lost my numbers. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> Dave on Saturday Draft Live. It's, uh... <laughs> well, you find your numbers, Ross. I'll drop you a nice little uh, fact, which has been share- sh- being shared around. This year... Roman Reigns will become the first person in history to defend a world title at three consecutive WrestleManias in one reign. Yeah. Which yeah. is, when you say that out loud, that is unprecedented. No, it's, it's... Hold on. And the crowd goes mild. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking for the actual stats, micro host. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I haven't heard micro hosting in such a long time. As of March 30th, when we are recording, Roman Reigns is on 942 days, right? If he gets to 1,000 days, right? Right. Day 999 is a Friday night SmackDown. Can you imagine defend Roman Reigns in a fatal four-way against Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens and Cody trying to make it to day 1000? Do you want to see that or do you think the story has to end? Do you think Cody needs to take it here? Yes, he does. As much as, like, and this is what I'm worrying about, that the WWE starts to overthink this. They can't overthink this. Roman Reigns has done the impossible and he has kept this story entertaining and fresh and given it a a great narrative and played his part 
extremely well over the past two, three years since whenever he became the tribal chief version of Roman Reigns. It's been excellent. But everything has that natural conclusion. And I disagreed with a lot of people. He, he, he should have won at Clash at the Castle. He should have won against Sami Zayn. He shouldn't win against Cody Rhodes because this is the WrestleMania moment. This is finishing the story. It's Cody Rhodes doing what his dad could not do. And I think, the police agree with me, I think that if Cody doesn't win, you make Cody seem like less of a star as you've built him up to be. All that, I feel, goes down the, the toilet a wee bit. But also, I think that your fans and your crowd start to turn against Roman Reigns. And that is what I do not want to see happen. Capitalise on what you've done. Reap what you've sowed. Cody Rhodes has to beat Roman at WrestleMania. David Hockney is the minority report police come for David Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to read you some numbers. Uh, Bruno San Martino, 2803. Bob Backlund, 2135. Hogan's First Reign, 1474. Bruno, uh, Bruno's Second Run, 1237. And Pedro Morales, 100, uh, sorry, 1027. Roman Reigns is at 942. He has matched these old guys in the current era. The next name on his list is Pedro Morales. He would need to hold it to June 23rd. Do you fear, as David Campbell does, that they overthink this? Or do you think the natural conclusion happens at WrestleMania? Let me just say this. Everything I've heard from Saturday Draft Live a couple of weeks ago, where Jack planted the seed in my head, that if Roman makes it to a thousand days, it would be something to behold. But let's not forget, Gunther held the NXT UK Championship for over 800 and something days. I can't remember how many off the top of my head, but that was the longest... WWE title run in the past 40 years. Roman has beaten that already. And I don't think however they book the WWE Championship going forward, there is very little chance, once in a blue moon, that anybody in the next 40 years is going to even come close to what Roman has achieved. Everything since SummerSlam 2020 has been exactly what we wanted out of Roman Reigns. What I certainly wanted out of Roman Reigns since he came back from the pandemic, from his uh, from his time away fighting leukemia. The tribal chief, Roman Reigns, has been one of the best booked characters and the strongest booked characters. Like for the longest time. Everything has a shelf life. And when you've got somebody who is as over with the crowd as Cody Rhodes, 
the pop he received at last year's Mania when he came back to WWE, it's going to be not only if he does win, which I'm hoping he does, but even before the match starts, everybody is going to sh- is going to sing along with his song and shout "Whoa!" at the top of their voices, and it is going to probably shatter a few windows with how loud it is going to be. If that doesn't scream that the fans are behind this guy who has captured the imagination as their newest top babyface, someone who's been on one hell of a journey since coming back, he's won the Royal Rumble, finally, and now he has the chance to finish his own story. And WrestleMania is the place where all the big stories come to an end, both in terms of the bloodline and Cody's story. So I'm agreeing with David Campbell here. WWE cannot overthink this and possibly consider a 1,000... Let me finish. They cannot consider a 1,000-day reign with Roman. They have to keep it simple. Let Cody finish his story, let the bloodline story finish naturally, and have Cody win the WWE title in a crowd of that size, the whole place would go ballistic. Yeah, but Dave, don't keep it brief. Like, tell us everything that you think. <laughs> so finish the story. When are you finishing this story? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's me just finished my story there. <laughs> 30 words or less, Jack. That's the guess he's talking about. <laughs> A scoring oh. tea at half past three. <laughs> so, so what I'm hearing is nobody's up for a thousand day reign. That's just sad. No, uh, no, I, I, I do agree. It's in the back of my mind that it would be cool to look back on in history. One thousand days, Roman Reigns in this current era, having him beat Morales and moving further up that list. But at the same time. The road story is there, and (coughs) I can't remember who tweeted it. It was a tweet sent out last year after WrestleMania, and whoever it is, if you're listening, fair play, here's your credit. (laughs) They said about Cody Rhodes going to WWE, his booking going forward was massive because he was one of the founders of AEW. He was one of the big gets from AEW possibly the biggest available get from AEW. And his booking going forward would then determine if the likes of your MGF, your Jade Cargills, your ones that are loyal to Cody Rhodes would follow him at some point in the future. Yeah. And if they just let this fizzle out with the fact that not only letting Cody Rhodes' story fizzle out, but the fact that if they have him lose when they could have had Sammy come in and win, they'll just burn their bridges with every every aspect of the sport. So yeah, I do 100% agree. Um, it should be Cody. Cody needs to finish the story. Reading here that the favourites for a surprise WrestleMania uh, appearance are Randy Orton and The Rock. Will we see any of these two get involved in this match? Oh. If Randy Orton 
costs. Well, Randy Orton was taken out by the bloodline. I think it's more likely that we see him get involved in the Usos match. Because if I see Randy Orton anywhere near this main event, I think I will blow a gasket. Like, <laughs> I will fly to Stamford, Connecticut myself and have things to say. Um, but The Rock, it's in Hollywood. I could see maybe a post-match confrontation with Roman. I don't want him involved in the finish in any way, unless it's maybe to take out some of the bloodline. Maybe he's taken out Solo. I don't know. I actually think you're more likely to see Dustin Rhodes show up um, at WrestleMania than you are to see The Rock. That is my not bold prediction. I'm not going to you know, be as bold as Dave. I'll say that's my sort of like, maybe a bit out there prediction considering he signed for another company. <laughs> I, David. No, I, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, um, I reckon all the bloodlines going to get involved somehow. There's going to be a ref bump. I can just tell just for the purposes of storytelling, increase the drama. Maybe he'll have to fight off all the bloodline when it looks like he's down for the count, kick out at the last second, and then he gets his second win. But it would be really great if The Rock showed up and just chased everybody out of the building. Because, <laughs> I mean, what a pop that would be. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't see, I don't see Randy Orton showing up until the night after. Yeah, night after, I mean, it'll be good for When you said all the bloodline there, man, I was like, is it Alpha? Is it Sika? You know what I mean? Are we getting yeah, Rikishi, Rikishi in there? You know what I mean? Yeah, Nia Jack's going to show up again. Oh, fucking, I hope not, you know. Tamina's out there, Ross's favourite wrestler. Mm. Uh, no, big Tams is hanging. Jimmy Snooker are thrown into the eyes of Cody Rhodes. Oh no! Uh, just to uh, round us off, we discussed um, what would happen with the WWE Tag Team Championships after WrestleMania. Yeah, Cody Rhodes, I think, is going to do what Keith Lee did. Right. Um, Keith Lee, yeah. when he won both titles, defended both titles once. I think Cody will do it a couple of times before vacating it to allow other people to have some opportunities. Now, I think he'll vacate the Universal title mm-hmm. because he's made it clear it's the WWE title he wants. However, they're, they're talking about a new world title coming out of WrestleMania. Triple H has apparently approved a new world title. I don't know how uh, reliable these sources are because we hear there's going to be a new world title every six weeks in WWE. Yeah. But coming out of WrestleMania, I don't want a new world title out of this, okay? Because Mm -hmm. we had the world heavyweight title and they get rid of it after 11 and a half years. Yeah. They then introduced the universal title and that took a while to get going. And if you're going to scrap that after six and a half years, then what's the point? Because the WWE Championship is the standard and the other title is always compared to it. Yeah. So it Mm. suffers more if you're just going to unify and reintroduce a new world title every six to ten years. If you want to split the titles, if you want to redesign the Universal title, if you want to rename the Universal title, by all means, go ahead. But keep the same lineage and keep the same championships because the WWE Championship has been about since the 1960s every other title is going to suffer in comparison. We can't keep having title unifications every six years. Oh, completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to unify the titles um, after this <laughs> <laughs> Just create a whole new I, design. 
<laughs> I get what you're saying, Ross, and I, I think that you make some good points. I don't think they'll go down the Keith Lee route, though. I think Cody Rhodes combines the WWE and Universal titles into one belt. I think that's what the new design is. Um, and they'll call it maybe the WWE World Universal title at first, but then they'll do what they did and it'll just become the WWE title once again eventually. And I do think that the big gold belt gets brought back for one of the brands. Just because you've heard rumblings of it, there's no smoke without fire. And it makes sense that they're doing a, if they've approved a new belt design, like the big gold belt is not a new belt design. I think we get a new belt that is both these titles combined into one and a new world heavyweight big gold belt is introduced for the other brand. Now, whether it's the right decision or not, I don't know. Ross doesn't think so. But mm. I, I just think that's what they're going to do. No, you know, I actually see where Ross is coming from because... The WWE title is going to be the one everybody talks about. Anything else is going to be second tier. And you don't want that for another world title across uh, on a second brand. I reckon if he joins them both together and forms a brand new solo championship that, you know, it doesn't have to be defended all the time. Maybe only reserve it for big events. Like, have that match, have that title represent both brands. And then whichever program the champions in can be dependent based on whichever show they appear on. But I don't know if you've seen photos of a championship that was designed specifically for Cody. Mm -hmm. Now I've heard some places that it was just um, an amateur belt maker making it as a gift for Cody rather than, you know, WWE behind the scenes creating this new championship. But I, I took one look at it and I thought, you know what? I'm not against this because it had shades of the winged eagle. It had the American Nightmare branding over it. I think it had its custom side plates as well. And oh, it was on a white that. strap. Yeah, that's lovely. Oh, I looked at that <laughs> I thought, that, is, that title is fucking gorgeous. You like, went I the opposite not way against me that. Because I looked at was it that? and thought, you said you went the opposite way for me there, David, because I seen it and went, oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I get what people are saying. I and David, I understand the the possibility of one show, sorry, one champion over two shows, and he only defends it at big events. I get that. However, my reason for wanting to go back to two titles is one. In recent years, they've been more willing to give other people a shot at the title when there's been two. Because if, say, a John Cena, a Roman Reigns, or a Randy Orton is holding the title, then they can go a different direction and decide, right, let's let somebody who's maybe on SmackDown hold this title just now. And they can they can get some experience as a world champion and we'll see if they're ready. 100%. Absolutely fine with that. But I also don't like. want to go... I don't want to go back to one show, one champion. I want to go back to a world title for each show and I want a fighting champion. I'm done with the <laughs> the special attraction champion. I want my WWE title back. Yeah. I want the Universal title Wait. back. I want monthly pay-per-view defences and a bag of cans back. Amen. <laughs> Amen, Ross. And you yeah. think you think of the, the men and what they've got in both shows that could do with this opportunity? 
Now, I mean, Austin Theory might have had a successful Money in the Bank cash-in if there were two belts like to choose from, one for each brand. Seth Rollins hasn't had a World Championship run in years that he desperately deserves. Gunter, after this Intercontinental title run, mm. is primed for a World title run. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's so the many... name that stuck out. Yeah, there's so many like, that would benefit from having two belts and splitting them. Yeah. And if they're going to split the titles again, assuming Gunther does lose the Intercontinental title, it puts them in a prime spot to capture a vacant Universal Championship. And Triple H is massively high on him, like, yeah. and as is everybody behind the scenes. Like, he's in a prime, prime position to take over as SmackDown's number one guy if they give the bloodline a rest after Mania. Imagine Gunther with a big gold belt. Just put that image in your head, folks. <laughs> and he, and you know how much... How much is like the mat is sacred and stuff. That big gold would suit Gunther to a T. Yeah. I think as well, here, here's a wee scenario for you, and then I'll get us back on track, and then we'll round this up. Um, if Cody holds both titles for a while and defends both titles for a while, mm-hmm. what if, you know, because they're continuing with this elimination chamber on the road to WrestleMania, what if next year's Royal Rumble Cody vacates one of the titles and the rumble is for the universal title. Just gives it. Ooh. Oh, there we are. There we are. Got you. Would be nice. We interested. We fantasy book to just about everything except <laughs> this match here. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we know in our hearts of hearts, you know, and we can talk about the thousand day plus. I think we know Cody Rhodes is winning and I think we all know it's the right call, isn't it? There's nothing... Yeah. Much mm-hmm. more, and I think we both know as well. It's going to be an absolute cracker of a match. Oh, I, oh, I. Make a way to end Mania on a high as two, well. Two of the best wrestlers on the planet. One went to start another company and wasn't, and somehow was not used right by that company. Cody Rhodes has been used perfect since he's come back to WWE. And like you said, Ross, like you alluded to, the Cody Rhodes story. If it ends the right way, it could open the floodgates for many more to come in from Tony Khan's cocaine-filled hellscape that is AEW. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad it's somebody else having a pop at AEW for once. Bring your women's division, Tony. You fucking mark. <laughs> Just before we round up, um, potentially... And I doubt it's happening now because he's going to be in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I just want a name and no explanation. Uh huh. Bobby Lashley, if he has an open challenge at WrestleMania, who does he face? Yeah, L A Knight. Let me talk to you. Yeah. David, talk to me. Who's who's Bobby Lashley? You're going L A Knight as well. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'll mute you, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go, instead of yeah, I'll go, what? I'll go Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'll put myself hopefully Jesus out there. Jesus, maybe, fuck. You're putting Stone Cold <laughs> against that. Ross wants to see an old man murdered live in pay-per-view and I'm all for it. <laughs> Watch Bobby Lashley wrestle an old man and Brock Lesnar wrestle a tall man. All <laughs> Listen, your mania comes and go argument uh, worked last year. It's not working this time around. <laughs> Fair enough. God. David Hockney, I have no idea why you hate Stone Cold Steve Austin so much, but I will not. No, I hate Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stop 
fucking pin words in my mouth. He hates Uncle Steve Austin, man. It's horrible. Oh, oh, for fuck's sake. You are despicable. God, it only took two hours for me to lose it with me, Ross, as well. That's got to be, you know, that's a man lasted a lot less than that, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> Well, I am absolutely sweating after this mammoth. <laughs> God, I know 40 minutes was Dave talking about Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns and all. Like, <laughs> I could have spent 40 minutes talking about Gunther Sheamus Drew if I wanted. <laughs> but don't forget, you can listen to all our massive back catalogue over on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet on iTunes, no longer Anchor at Spotify for podcasts. <laughs> I like podcast, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. It just throws me off. See when you've got rhythm. And I know. Just... I know. Jack said it in Saturday Draft Live the other week, and I was thinking it myself, like, rest in peace, Anchorman. You know, Anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a different thing. <laughs> you can listen to our Not East, Not East Meets West preview show. You <laughs> liar. <laughs> our best of the Indies WrestleMania week show where we preview uh, Multiverse United, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor and NXT Stand and Deliver. We also have a WrestleMania 19 look back coming out shortly with Chris Murray. He wants me to tell you all about it. Is it, just, is it just Chris Murray on? It's just Chris Murray talking about WrestleMania 19. It'll be great. <laughs> Saturday Draft Live and much, much more on the network. And of course, don't forget at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we are on it. Thank you very much, David Hopney, for joining me two years in a row on the WrestleMania preview thank show. Thank and thank you, the part timer, for coming for the WrestleMania paycheck, David. Campbell. Oh, listen, I'll, I'll be I'll be about for the WrestleMania paycheck Saturday night. It's Saturday night, isn't it, Dave? Saturday night, eight o'clock, isn't it? Sunday night, eight o'clock. Saturday, oh, Sunday night. There we go. I'll be there one night. Ross is on my team. He'll let me know. Uh, oh. <laughs> you're so off the mark, just like you're so off the mark of the Saturday draft live standings. Men on a missions win in two years in a row, and the goat incarnate is going to get kicked to the curb. Suck yeah. it. Yeah, oh God, we'll suck it. Sounds like my Saturday mm-hmm. night. So you sure it's not a Saturday? Ah, <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat Superplex Retreat East Meets West. Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews, and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check that out on the Eat Seek Two Place Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify, or iTunes now. Sports Social Podcast Network.